Carolina podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, John, let's get to the mailbag. H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com. We got a ton of emails. We're not going to get to all of them if you sent one in. Uh, and you don't hear it, just keep in mind, you may hear it on a future episode, especially this time of year. A lot of these topics you guys email about evergreen nicely. During the regular season, it gets a little more week-specific. So um, so keep sending them in, mailbag at gmail.com. Hell, some of them wind up as topics on Pain and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, if I'm being honest. Um, let's start with our guy, Chris, the ATL, frequent emailer to the podcast, John. Says, I very much enjoyed hearing the positives on players and their performance at OTAs from the last episode, but it all can't be rosy right now. So I'm going to put on my curmudgeon fan cap and ask, who have you heard is struggling at OTAs? Who is the Jose Abreu of Texans OTAs? And should we be concerned? John, have you heard any news? You know, for example, like in Tennessee, those clips show up of Will Levis and everybody goes crazy and J.J. Watt went crazy over that and whatnot. Anything you've seen or heard out of OTAs that Texan fans should be concerned about, right? No, just about certain players not there. Sheldon Rankins hadn't been there. Steven Nelson hadn't been there. Laramie Tunsil's out spending all his money after they made him the highest play, paid player. Offensive lineman in NFL history, and they'll all be back, I'm assuming, for the mandatory minicamp. I mean, I've seen all the quarterbacks make bad throws, seen players drop passes, but it's nothing that any of the coaches act like is alarming. As, as we've talked about before, OTAs are about the mental part. You don't hit, you don't cover, you don't put on pads, you don't do anything. The coaches want to see, and it's a learning experience for the coaches too, what they teach in a classroom, what they take to the field, and if certain guy, hmm, he can't learn that fast, I'm going to have to teach him differently. Or that guy, boy, he's smarter than I thought he was. I can I can turn up the process for him. So it's mainly about the mental. All right, next question, John, out of the mailbag. I like this one. Um, Adam in Midtown says, which 2022 rookie, so rookie from last year's class, the Stingley Petrie class, would you say has the best chance for a breakout season in 2023? That's the entire question, John. So I guess some of it depends on how you and I define breakout season. I've got an, an idea, maybe a mini power ranking in my head, um, but I'll start with you. Um, who do you think has the best chance – from last year's rookie class to, to have a breakout season this year? Most players make their biggest improvement between their first and second season because they learn what it's like to be a professional. They start eating right at the facility. They've got everything at their fingertips they can need to improve. If you don't make that jump in the second year and you do it by the third, it's probably because you're pretty slow picking stuff up. So I'm going to pick the guy. Uh, who was the best rookie last year, and that's Jalen Petrie, second Bears. And uh, Petrie, I think, uh, based on everything I've heard from them, how impressed they are about him, how eager he is, based on what he learned. Last year, remember, he made a lot of mistakes taking angles to the ball and missing tackles. That was never an issue at Baylor. He was a sure tackler. Well, he ended up Second, maybe he did it on purpose, missed some tackles, so he didn't break D'Amico Ryan's rookie record. He only finished second. And so I'm saying Jalen Petrie because he was the best rookie last season. Okay, I like that theory. 
he missed tackles, so it would make it easier for them to get to Miko Ryans as the head coach, knowing his record for rookie tackles was still intact. Um, I like that. Well, and for what it's worth, D'Amico Ryans uh, seems to love Jalen Petrie. Petrie would have been my choice too, John. Um, I think there's a promo running on the station where I actually say that this week. And I, for me, it's Petrie because, one, unlike some of these other rookies, he played every game last season. He was durable last year. You know, Damian missed some time. Uh, Stingley has missed time every year since his freshman year at LSU. Kenyon Green had to be put back together again this year, like Humpty Dumpty in the offseason. He had a knee surgery. Um, I'd really like to see one or both of those first-round rookies from that class break out. And if I had to pick one for this year, it would certainly be Derek Stingley Jr. playing in D'Amico Ryan's defense with, in theory, a better front seven to help him out. Um, but mine is Petrie as well. I'm just so impressed by the kid. And I feel like you you laid it out perfectly what his positives and negatives were last year. I feel like the tackling thing is totally fixable for him. Because as you point out, John, you watched every snap of the kid at Baylor. Um, he wasn't a bad tackler in college. He knows that tackling was an issue for him last year. He's going to have a better front seven. He shouldn't have nearly as many missed tackles that involve him with a, a freight train running back like Derrick Henry running straight at him because nobody touched him in the, in the, in the front third of the defense there. So – Mine would be Petrie. I would say Stingley second. Um, and then, uh, you know, Christian Harris is another one, John, you know, a rookie from last year who he's going to get the benefit of a full training camp now, barring injury, knock on wood. Um, he didn't have a training camp at all last year. And I feel like that contributed to him obviously missing games, but also kind of getting off to a, a slow start. The one that intrigues me, John, is um, is uh, well, Mechie. Mechie's a total wild card because he had, you know, he's coming off of cancer. Tegan Catoriano did some good things towards the end of last year. And I know they signed Dalton Schultz, but I feel like they could be a nice complement to each other um, in that tight end room. He showed kind of a knack in the red zone. He showed some good athleticism. He was drafted for his blocking, but I thought at times he showed good hands last year too. Um, that's an intriguing kind of wild card in that rookie class to me. Catoriano's 6'6", and he's a good red zone target. He has he had two touchdowns. Texans have only six touchdowns returning from last season, which is just mind-boggling. Shows touchdowns how, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it shows how utter, utterly pathetic they were on offense. And uh, uh, I have a column on that subject on sportsradio610.com. And uh, I was watching Christian Harris in practice, and he was all uh, – he and, and Christian Kirksey were still the first-team linebackers and watching – Harris take off and run. He's very fast. He looks like he's gained some weight from being on a weight program. And so he was he was making moves in coverage. He seemed very sure of himself. I think we're going to see him uh, be a big-time playmaker on defense, uh, along with Will Anderson Jr., who should be their most talented player. All right, John, Harold in the Galleria asks this along those lines. Um, the last two seasons with Nick Casario's draft classes, we've seen day three rookies contributing to the Texans in a big, big way. Uh, in 2021, he mentions Roy Lopez, who became a starter that season as a rookie in the sixth round. Last season, it was Damian Pierce in the fourth round. Which day three rookie in this class, the 2023 class, do you think has the best chance to be that type of contributor, maybe not to the level of Pierce and Pierce was on his way to a pro bowl possibly, but be a, a contributor and a, like a regular starter in the upcoming season. A lot of what Pierce did was based on opportunity 
and how dreadful they were in the backfield. And uh, former offensive coordinator Pat Hamilton had a dream that Rex bleeping Burkhead could actually carry the ball and run for yards. But Rex is not around. I think the next time we see him, he'll be a coach somewhere. But uh, Xavier Hutchinson, who I mentioned earlier, caught 105 passes last year at Iowa State. He just mm. tore up the Big 12, a sixth-round pick. You know, he didn't work out well. He ran in the four fives, just like DeAndre Hopkins ran in the four fives when he came out in 13. And so I'm looking for Hutchinson. He's a big target. He plays on the boundary, caught a lot of balls as a three-year starter. He's got experience. He's smart. So my money's on Hutchinson. Yeah, I, um, I, Hutchinson's a good one. He, he sure is generating a lot of buzz in those articles about sleeper picks in day three. There's a lot of people that really like his game. Um, I'm rooting for Dylan Horton, John, at a TCU. Get into that rotation along the along the edge. I mean, they you know, they obviously drafted Will Anderson. Jonathan Grenard's in a contract year. Jerry Hughes is sort of the veteran presence. After those three guys, I feel like there's the potential there for snaps to be able, be available. And if uh, Dylan Horton can work his way in, that might be my the fourth rounder out of uh, TCU. All right, John, our friend Dave Howard emails in. He says, Sean, you were a sales manager. If you had a salesman who hated being part of the bureaucracy and hated coming to meetings, but consistently led the team in sales, you'd be fine with it. That's how I feel about DeAndre Hopkins refusing to practice. There's no evidence he was a negative influence in the locker room. I remember an alleged quote from Jack Easterby that he wanted Hopkins gone rather than Bill O'Brien. Uh, Dave goes on to say, the Texans receiving core has questions, promise, but questions. I know John thinks the Texans will not sign Hop. He's probably right, but if the money is right, and that's the key question. I'd be great with it. Added bonus for fans. I want him in the ring of honor, and a reunion might do it. We'll get to the ring of honor in a second. Um, but, John, you you poured cold water on this in the last episode. So for those who missed the last episode, I'll go ahead and let you do it one more time here on Hopkins. No chance. And, Dave, Bill O'Brien and Hopkins hated each other. Hated each other. Hated each other. Um, what about? And I, the, I'll say that maybe hate's too strong. They didn't respect each other. That's yeah. what I'll say. Yeah. Bill didn't like the way Hop operated, even though he played on Sundays. And uh, Hop didn't like to practice. He didn't like to practice at Arizona. Now the difference is he always produced here. He only missed two games in his career here, and that used to drive O'Brien crazy. And then Hop, he wanted more money than they were going to pay. He wanted out. And uh, he had did, did had he didn't respect O'Brien at all. That's why I don't think those two will be reunited in New England. I could be wrong, but uh, there's no way he's coming here. And they're going to start two 31 year old receivers and take up playing time. All these young guys they need to see. And why in the world would Hop want to come to Houston, a team that's rebuilding, when he's got a chance to go to a team that could make the playoffs and the Super Bowl? Great Tex-Mex, John. He's a big fan of great Tex-Mex and really good barbecue, perhaps. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Money is the obvious. Well, go to Kansas City then. Uh, oh, boy, John. The Houstonians listening to this, they're going to come storming at your door now. You're putting over Kansas City barbecue over, over Houston barbecue. Uh, the Ring of Honor question at the end there, John, is DeAndre Hopkins a future Ring of Honor member for the Houston Texans? I think without a doubt he is. I think the next one – that deserves to go in is J.J. Watt, of course, and the Pittsburgh game this season would be the ideal time to do it. I think Jonathan Joseph 
is the one after him that deserves to go. And I think after Hop's career is over, he'll definitely be put in the ring of honor. What about Dwayne Brown, John? Uh, the way the way Dwayne's career ended here, yeah, he basically calling Bob McNair a racist to get out. Yeah, uh, those kind of things tend to stick in the craw of an organization. I would think so too. All right, um, let's uh, we'll keep it moving here. Uh, Joe Q, regular listener and emailer to the uh, podcast, makes a comparison between the Bears and the Texans. There's some interesting uh, parallels between the two teams that picked a one and two in the draft last year. Both played a QB they drafted in 2021, had basically identical win-loss records the last two years. You could argue Davis Mills, he said, better statistically than Justin Fields the last couple seasons, although Fields over the second half of last year with the, with the ground game was amazing. He said, Bears keep the first-year head coach who won three games. Texans fire theirs. Bears stand pat with Fields. Texans uh, and trade out a number one for a big haul. Texans move on from Davis Mills, and they move up to get Will Anderson, and they draft C.J. Stroud. So he's kind of laying the contrast, the similar similarities and differences. His questions are this. Which team do you expect to be better next year and the following year, and why? Who do you expect to be better between the Bears and the Texans, the two teams picking first and second last year, John, 2023 and 2024, and why? I think the Bears in 2023, because they've got quarterback going into his third year, I think the Texans in 2024 because C.J. Stroud will have a year of experience and he was drafted uh, second overall for a reason. And I think they've got really good coaches. Uh, Everybody that had an opening wanted to talk to D'Amico Ryans and he only talked to two teams. And I think – and I know Kyle Shanahan is is, uh, talking to him three times about Bobby Slowick and listening to him go – on and on about how important Sloic was to his offense and how there's no doubt he's going to be a head coach. I've gotten real excited about what they're going to do on offense as well. I think Casario's done a good job of bringing in uh, enough talent to help them at least double the win total. Based on the schedule, they should win. They could win another game or two, but we're talking about a rookie quarterback, and rookie quarterbacks come into rebuilding situations generally don't start off with a lot of victories. Yeah. Um, do you think, John, when 2025 rolls around, uh, so three seasons from now, it would be Justin Fields' fifth year. Do you think he's a Chicago Bears quarterback in 2025? Well, they said that they need to get him uh, receivers. They've worked hard to get him receivers, and if he's not better at throwing the ball and their passing game doesn't improve, I'm going to say he's gone and Matt Eberflus is gone and whoever's offensive coordinator would be gone in 2025 if they continued to struggle. All right, last one, John, in the mailbag here. We appreciate everybody sending in questions. I'm looking at three or four more that we're just we're, we're going to roll over. Um JP, uh, I'm sorry, J.R. Cortez emails in, John, says, hey, Sean, is our good friend John a liar? I believe he caught some hell a few weeks back for, quote, loving all the teams from Texas, end quote, when the Spurs won the draft lottery. Yet on the last podcast, he said he hates the Rangers. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't the Rangers play in Texas? Confused like John, J.R., LOL. (laughs) Can I hate the Rangers and still hope if it's not the Astros? It's the Rangers. I hate the Rangers. I want the Astros to beat them like a drum. But if the Astros aren't going to win, say say as a choice of the Astros, not going to the World Series. If the Astros don't make the World Series, do I want the Texans? 
the Rangers too. Yeah, I'd love to see the Rangers get another shot at winning the World Series, even though I hate them. I'm no big fan of the Cowboys, but if it's not the Texans, I'd like to see the Cowboys getting another Super Bowl because probably three-quarters of the country is not alive the last time they played in a championship game. You're you're veering off in some territory now, man, that you could you could get you could get to a place. Now you grew up in Waco, so maybe I shouldn't say that. I grew up in the Northeast. I'm conditioned to hate the Cowboys unequivocally. The Rangers are a different story. Obviously, they're not America's team or anything. I'm rooting for the Rangers. I like the Rangers being good because it adds meaning to the games coming up against them, John. Like, a, it would be fun to have a good old-fashioned divisional race with the in-state rival for the I, – I mean, I know they did in 2015, but, like, this would be the first one that if this holds up, this is the two of them battling it out for the AL West while they're both – if they hold this up, two of the top four or five teams in all of baseball, that would be a whole lot of fun to have meaningful, meaningful games being played. And and I guess they have three series left, one in early July, one in late July, and then another one in, I think, Labor Day weekend they play the Rangers. I wish they were playing towards the end of the regular season. But I'll tell you right now, if the Rangers get to the World Series, I'm rooting for whoever's coming out of the National League. Like, I'm rooting for them to be good to create relevant content for me as a radio host, selfishly. Um, but I can't root for them if they get to the World Series. You're kind of the opposite. You like you hope they suck all the time, except if they get to the World Series, you want them to win. Yeah, I want the Astros to beat them, and I hope we don't get to a point where the Rangers beat the Astros. And I go, Sean, you got exactly what you wanted. <laughs> the Rangers beat. You good. had a lot of fun. I know you play with fire. You get burned. This Degrom thing, though, John, is huge for them. This uh, this uh, Tommy John surgery, five years, 185 mil they gave him. Well, Steven Strasburg pitched 32 innings, and he got two for 245 million. They don't think he'll ever pitch again. Think about that: 245 million, 32 innings, and Degrom, in if he comes back in 2025, I think he'll be like Verlander. And if I'm him, I'm calling Verlander and say, "Who did your surgery?" Because I want him. Yeah. And uh, so he could still come back and pitch. By the way. I looked the other day, Verlander's three and four with a four three five ERA. Yeah. And uh so I don't wish bad yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun to bask in that if the same team that let Verlander go didn't give Jose Abreu three years fifty eight and a half Ooh. million dollars. Ooh. Yeah. Yiner Diaz gets four hits and then he's on the bench the next yeah. game. Yeah, they, they've got to find a way to get Yiner's bat. And they, I, they they can't go into July with a first baseman who's got who's got a, an OPS that's 70 points below Zach Granke's OPS as a hitter. Zach Granke has look a... Look at the back of his baseball card. Yeah, That's what right, Jeff Bagwell and Dusty Baker say. Look at the back of his baseball card. Sorry, I don't Maggie. see this year's stats on the back of his baseball card. <laughs> that's right. We need, we, need base, we need some up-to-date baseball cards that include the first half of 2023 so we can show them to Bagwell and, uh, and Jim Crane. Um, all right, so there you go, mailbag at gmail.com. John, what do you got going on on your various platforms this week? I have a column on uh, sportsradio610.com about Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary and how they're going to they're gonna sell under Bobby Slowick for this running game they've installed. And then I've got one about how pathetic their offense has been. They have been in the top ten in points or yards since Gary Kubiak was the coach. That was the eons ago. That's how pathetic this offense has been over a long period of time. Hopefully that'll change with Bobby Slater.